It's not about where you start. It's about where you finish. That's the message I believe the Lord has for us today in these scripture readings we just heard, especially in this gospel passage from Matthew chapter 21. And this is a spiritual truth, incidentally, that applies to many different areas of life. For example, why is it that movies like Rocky and Rudy and Hoosiers, the basketball film, why are those sports movies so appealing? Why do people like them so much? Well, very simply, it's because the main characters all finish in a better place than they start. Which, by the way, I'm counting on my Green Bay Packers to do this year because they certainly have not started very well. That's another story. In today's Gospel, Jesus tells us a parable about two sons. The first one starts off in disobedience, but he ends up finishing in obedience. A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, but afterward changed his mind and went. The second son, on the other hand, starts off in obedience, but he ends up finishing in disobedience. The man came to the other son and gave him the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but did not go. Jesus told this story to the chief priests and elders of the people to give them a warning. He told them the story to warn them that even though they had started off in faithfulness to God by accepting the revelation that God had given through Moses, they were now in danger of losing their souls, of finishing in hell, because they were rejecting him, Jesus, and because they had already rejected his predecessor, John the Baptist. Whereas many tax collectors and prostitutes and other people who had started off in serious sin at the beginning of John's ministry, they were now on their way to finishing in heaven, in the Lord's eternal kingdom. It's not about where you start. It's about where you finish. This is the very same message we encounter in today's first reading from Ezekiel chapter 18, where the prophet says, and here I'm paraphrasing his words a little bit, if a person starts off living a virtuous life and then turns away from his virtue and sins seriously, and he remains in that spiritual condition, he will lose his soul. But if that very same person, or anyone else in the state of mortal sin, turns away from that sin and finishes his life in the state of grace, he will be saved for all eternity. He shall surely live, he shall not die. Now some of you might be sitting there thinking to yourselves, well, thank you very much, Father Ray, but all of this is quite clear and quite obvious. To which I would respond to you by saying, well, it might be clear and obvious to you, but it is not clear and obvious to a lot of other people. There are many, many men and women in our world right now, and even many in the church, who believe that everybody, everybody, with the possible exception of a few bad guys like Hitler and Stalin, will finish in the kingdom regardless of what sins they have on their souls when they finish their earthly lives. 
According to Jesus Christ, my brothers and sisters, that's a mistaken idea that can literally have eternal consequences. But the denial of this truth about starting and finishing can also affect us in other ways. For example, why do so many people take their own lives these days? Why do so many despair? It's ultimately because they don't believe they can finish in a better place emotionally and spiritually than they are starting in at the present moment. That's the bottom line. So everything appears hopeless, even though it isn't. Here's a lie, my friends, that is straight out of the pit of hell. The lie says, you cannot possibly finish in a better place than you're starting in right now. That's a lie out of hell. Satan whispers that lie into the ears of all those who are on the verge of despair. Satan whispers that lie into the ears of women who have had abortions. Satan whispers that lie into the ears of all those who've committed serious sins that they regret and are deeply ashamed of. And the tragedy is, the deep tragedy is, many men and women in these situations nowadays believe Satan. They believe that lie which is why many of them stay away from confession. It's why many of them stop praying. It's why many of them give up the practice of their Catholic faith. They think to themselves, well, what's the use? I am what I am. I've done what I've done. And there's nothing I can do about it. I ask you, my brothers and sisters, what would have happened to Saul of Tarsus, what would have happened to him if he had thought that about himself after Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and made him keenly aware of his many sins? I don't know for sure exactly what would have happened to Saul, but I can tell you this with absolute certitude, he never, ever, ever would have become Saint Paul. What would have happened to Augustine, the womanizer and playboy, if he had thought that about himself and about his sinful situation? Again, I'm not exactly sure, but I can guarantee you he never would have become Saint Augustine. Like the first son in the story we just heard, Saul and Augustine understood that even though they had started off in deep sin, they could now finish somewhere else, somewhere a lot better. I mention all this, my brothers and sisters, this morning because when you stop and think about it, at this precise moment, at about 12 minutes to 11 on this beautiful Sunday morning, at this precise moment, we are all starting the rest of our lives here on earth. As the old saying goes, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And we're all starting this journey in different places. Each of us has our own set of fears, 
Each of us has our own set of character flaws. Each of us has our own set of sins. Some of us may be starting off right now with mortal sins on our souls and some very deep regrets. Well, the bad news is we cannot control where we're starting from because we can't change the past. But the good news is, by the grace of God, we can control where we finish, even if we're starting at this moment in a very bad place. And the key to doing that is, believe it or not, the virtue of humility. Humility. The very last stanza of today's responsorial psalm, Psalm 25, reads, Good and upright is the Lord. He shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice. He teaches the humble his way. The first son in this parable we just heard finished well because he was humble. That was the reason because he was humble. Now here we have to read between the lines a little bit. Why did that boy change? Why did he change his mind and go into the vineyard to work? It's because he was wrong. And it's because he was humble enough to admit he was wrong. At some point after he left his dad, he obviously thought to himself, you know what? You were wrong, kid. You were wrong to say what you said to your dad today. You should go, and you should do what he told you to do. That's humility. It takes humility to admit you're wrong. It takes humility to acknowledge that you've sinned. It takes humility to go before a priest in a confessional and to admit to that priest the evil you've done and the good you have not done. Humility is a very important virtue. Humility is an extremely powerful virtue. It's one that we should pray for each and every day because it's the virtue that can take a person from the worst starting point imaginable to the place that we all want to finish. Which is great news, my brothers and sisters, because when all is said and done, when all is said and done, where we started from won't matter. It won't matter at all. But where we finish, <laughs> that will matter. And it will matter forever. <laughs>